With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Erickson, not Ian Harditz. I am still joined by PFF's own Dwayne McFarland, but we are filling in. We're stepping up our game because our guy Ian is away in Florida, Sunshine State, beachside with a drink in hand. But we still got to get the injury report out. We still need to do the pod. So, Dwayne, are you excited to take over the podcast? I'm excited. Yes. Any Anytime you get the words take over, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, baby. Super, super excited. Super stoked to be recording this podcast with you, Dwayne, and filling in for Ian. So, as always, every You're gonna Friday drops into... You're going to make me blush, Don't make me blush. <laughs> As always, we're going to break down all of the injuries from around the league. We've got a ton of them, as we always do. It is football, you know, a physical sport. So we're going to break them down by position, go through each of them, talk about the fantasy football implication, all the news and notes, all the implications for week nine. So let's start with the quarterback position, Dwayne. And I think the biggest name that is not named Aaron Rodgers, because we kind of know that he was already been out, ruled out earlier this week, uh, is Kyler Murray. Uh, He is dealing with an ankle injury that he sustained last week, and it's now a game-time decision, and he plays in the late game. So he plays at 425. Both him and DeAndre Hopkins are both game-time decisions. How are you approaching Kyler Murray in the rankings, and what advice would you give to some fantasy managers who have Kyler Murray? Maybe they're looking for a streamer. Uh, What say you? Yeah, so I've already moved Murray down in my ranks. I bumped him down to nine. He was at uh, four before the game time decision news came out. But the thing with Murray, you know, and get your thoughts too here, Andrew, whenever he's not healthy, he's one of these players where it really doesn't matter. Like if he's coming into, you know, a game, you know, we've seen it with the shoulder. Now we're, and he's already had the shoulder issue earlier this year. He had it last year and we saw the dip in production. He was lights out before that, but it does affect the way he plays because he scrambles less. They design less rushing plays for him. And that's part of the beauty of Kyler Murray, right? Is all of the rushing yards that you get. The other thing is, you know, obviously the Cardinals have been leading a lot this season. They've led almost more than any other team in the NFL. When I say lead, playing with four or more point, you know, um, leads. Um, so this should be a competitive game, you know, against, you know, the 49ers. So I don't know that they'll necessarily lead all the time, but there's just enough doubt with me for Murray with it being a late, a late game. I'm already moving him down the ranks. I don't expect him to be as viable as you, as he usually is playing, you know, with an injury. And if there's a situation where I've got another good quarterback on my roster, um, this playing in the early game, rather than waiting, like say you've, maybe you do have a pivot option, but you don't like it. 
I think this is a week where you just go ahead and play your bet, your other option, um, to be honest. I, I don't think this is that hard of a decision for me to pivot away from Murray just because of the splits we've seen with him with injury versus without. I could not agree more. I definitely don't think that Murray is necessarily worth waiting for. You know, we wait for him because he runs, and that's probably not going to be the case. He's dealing with an ankle injury. He's also down weapons. You know, A.J. Green has COVID. You have DeAndre Hopkins, who's also really banged up. So I just don't see why you want to wait for Murray. If you do have to wait, or if you you, you have faith that Murray's going to be able to come through, but then he ends up being inactive, okay, your pivot options probably are Jordan Love and, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, those are the two guys that are playing in the yeah. later window that you could probably potentially pivot to. And again, I, d- I don't love those alternatives, especially with a couple other decent streamers on the waiver wire this week. So Jimmy is going to now have potentially three nice weapons, but the thing is you just never know when they're going to potentially like implement Trey Lance back into the offense. And that that's the killer really for Jimmy G. The fact that it's a run heavy offense, but you know, he's shown in the past, he can have like these spike games, um, you know, where they just all of a sudden have this like crazy efficiency and you're like, Oh wow. Jimmy G on 22 completions had 330 yards like he's about to have his full complement of weapons but you just worry about Trey Lance like sniping work from him down inside the five we don't know if that's going to return sometime soon yeah so Kyler Murray I would put him on your bench and look for some alternatives other quarterback news so Aaron Rodgers is out with COVID Dwayne Angus other thoughts that you just want to get off your chest about Rodgers I know that he's uh <laughs> he said a lot no. today on on Friday that when we're recording yeah. this um any non-political thoughts about Aaron Rodgers at least <laughs> yeah. for fantasy yeah I think folks probably have Aaron Rodgers fatigue you know at the moment so I'm not gonna you know litter them with that what I will say is with Jordan Love it's a it's a decent matchup right with the Chiefs now the Chiefs haven't been the typical Chiefs, right? Which are able to put you in a situation where you got to really open your offense up. We've seen them really struggle over the last two games, but I do like the matchup for Jordan Love. You are getting Devonte Adams back. He was officially, you know, brought back onto the roster today. Um, you should get Alan Lazard back. So it's like the team's getting healthier. I do expect them to try to win the game running. It is a great matchup on the ground for the Packers. But if I had to choose between Jordan Love and between Jimmy G like as my pivot if kind of going back to the Kyler Murray thing I think I'd probably choose Jordan Love just because I think he's going to be out there the whole time and there's a chance that this game gets into a shootout you know Jordan Love it will be interesting to see where his ownership or his rostership comes in on DFS this weekend I don't know what your thoughts are on that Andrew but um, you know it's not like he's a he's not the running option I see some people think that he is like not that he can't you know scramble but he's not he's not like a He's not a rusher by trade, if you will say, you know, from a quarterback position. Yeah, he's not like a, a Trey Lance, Justin Fields type of rusher. I may put him more like in the Carson Wentz category yeah, of a rusher. Yeah. Maybe maybe make Mahomes at, you know, in a, in a good week or something like that. Uh, I agree. I think that Jordan Love is in a, a pretty decent spot this week. You know, if you look at the PFF projections, you know, he's a QB. I think he's QB seven, like QB six. Like he's up there. And that's because he has weapons. He, like he has efficient weapons. He has Adams. He has Aaron Jones. Like That's why he's ranked so high. It's not because he himself is this elite, you know, quarterback option. It's because he's throwing two elite options. And that's really what matters at most. And you're going to see the Chiefs put up points in this game. So he's going to have to put up points as well. So I think that Jordan Love yeah. makes a lot of sense uh, from a streaming standpoint. And he's so cheap on DFS, 4,400. I know I talked about him as a tournament play. I think he's a little thin for cash because he is super, I mean, he could bottom out really quick. Like we don't know how many points he could score and you want to stack him with Devontae Adams. And if that connection just like doesn't hit, then you're kind of sunk with that lineup in cash. 
But I think that in tournaments, yeah, I think that he makes a ton of sense as a pivot option. Other quarterbacks, so Matthew Stafford, uh, he's logged back-to-back DNPs, but and then he was limited on Friday, but McVay says game status not in doubt, so you're firing up Stafford, top five quarterback. Taysom Hill has been practicing, but he will not be starting in this game. So kind of at least surprised to me a little bit. I know there was some talk about Trevor Simeon after he you know, performed admirably against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, I checked out his PFF grade, 39.4 PFF grade last week. That uh, doesn't does look great to me. Uh, I know that he did enough to get the win, but I, I really don't think that he was the, you know, the driving force behind the Saints coming away with that Tampa Bay victory, with the, the victory for New Orleans. Taysom Hill being out, Trevor Simeon, how does this affect the Saints players in your opinion? So is this good for Kamara, bad for Kamara neutral? I think we're not starting any of these Saints receivers anyway. Is it just start Kamara? And then is he does he move at all with Taysom Hill it's, not it's being It's probably started? good for Kamara just because we know last year in the games that we had Taysom Hill together with Alvin Kamara, he was only at a 14% target share. And a lot of that was because he had one really big game with him, right? Other Like we had several weeks where it was just like, man, you could not get any targets. Um, it just goes back to, you know, the quarterbacks that run, they don't check it down as much. And then that also affects play design. So I, I think for this week, it probably does help a little bit. But at the in the end of the day, you know, you're just not really excited about starting anyone, you know, on the Saints outside of Camara. Like, just because it's a complete rotation at receiver, it's a rotation at tight end. And they really don't want to throw the ball, Andrew. Like, I think Sean Payton knows. I don't I don't think this. I know that Sean Payton knows his path to winning this year is really just to play like, you know, his, his old mentor, Bill Parcells, right? Just manage everything as close to the vest as you can. Hope the other team messes up. Lean on your defense. I know all these old cliche things that we don't think are hip anymore in football. Um, but if you can manage the turnover game, you can still have a chance to win games. And so basically the Saints recipe right now is let the other team beat themselves. That's the first path. Then if they have to open things up because that path is not working, they can adjust and they may try to do some of those things. But yeah, I think overall it's 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 probably a better thing for, you know, we're going you're going to start Kamara no matter what, right? <laughs> if he's on your roster, but we'll have to see what happens with Taysom Hill. Um, look, having Michael Thomas, he's out for the rest of the season now at this point. So, I mean, I don't th- I don't think there's any scenario, no matter who's starting, where Kamara doesn't lead the team in receiving. It's just a matter of can he be up around that 20% mark when Hill returns. Yeah, I moved Taysom Hill. Or, uh, Taysom Hill. I moved uh, Alvin Kamara just about up in my rankings. Um, yeah, Taysom Hill, like, he's probably going to be involved still as like a rusher. You know, he was actually averaging like six carries per game before his injury. So we'll see. If maybe they don't run him as much because he's coming off the concussion, but he's probably going to, if he's active and playing, like they're going to use some two quarterback formations. So if Taysom Hill does score the occasional vulture touchdown, then it's just kind of running bad. But you're going to start Kamara, no problems there. Ben Roethlisberger is questionable. Uh, he had a new shoulder injury on the report coming up on Friday. Um, they have an extra day because they play on Monday night. So I think that you're, if you're streaming Roethlisberger, which I know that I'm in a situation where I may be forced to stream him because I thought I was going to stream Taysom Hill. That, no, that is no longer the case. So now Big Ben is one of the options I'm looking for. I think that it's a good matchup against the Bears. Uh, I mean, Roethlisberger's, he's fine. Like, you're not crazy about starting him. I actually like Jordan Love more from an upside standpoint, but Roethlisberger is kind of in the back-end QB2 range. Sam Darnold is officially questionable with a concussion and shoulder injury. P.J. Walker is potentially going to start if, if Darnold can't go. I think the answer here is just Patriots DST is really what you want to do. <laughs> um, D.J. Moore is probably the only guy that you're starting from Carolina, at least from the receivers. Hubbard is locked and loaded because of his just his, the volume that he's getting. 
um, DJ Moore. Where do you have DJ Moore ranked? Yeah, I've got DJ Moore right now sitting. Um, I've got him at wide receiver 11 right now. And again, it's just what you said. It's based on purely on volume. Like he's dominating volume. And what's funny is like, I don't, I can't solve this equation. It's crazy to me. It's like a, you know, a crazy Rubik's cube where they keep like, you know, moving the stickers around on you. Like when you look at the Carolina Panthers offense, like they run a ton of plays. But they're so inefficient in every way. They're inefficient running the ball. They're inefficient passing the ball. So it's crazy to me how many plays they actually get off in a game. But the bigger factor is really just over the last several weeks, like the passing you know, yardage has been terrible for Sam Darnold. And you, you can throw a few passes in there for P.J. Walker you know, as well. But I've got D.J. Moore sitting right there at 12. But I, I did struggle with it a little bit this week, Andrew, like – um, because I put him as a probable downgrade, you know, in the utilization report this week. And so next week, like, I mean, I'm probably just going to have to be like, look, the volume is there. But at this point, like, we just have to say this offense is terrible. And he's going to have to move down to more like mid wide receiver two range instead of low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two. I don't know what your thoughts are, though. Yeah, it's weird to think that he's like a safe play because he has the volume, but <laughs> yeah. there's yeah. not there's no really upside attached to his profile. He's always had issues scoring touchdowns anyway. This game against the Patriots pro- previews as more of a, a slog than anything else. Two teams that are fine with running the football, and I mean with all the injuries on the Panthers with their quarterbacks, it's just it's not shaping up to be a DJ more ceiling week necessarily. I mean, he's he's a guy that you definitely would maybe want to dabble in tournaments because he does have just a high target share in this offense. But I think Belichick could ultimately be like, all right, we're going to take away DJ Moore and let Robbie Anderson, let Terrace Marshall beat us uh, for the Carolina passing attack. So DJ yeah. Moore. And their, their offense is changing. Like when you look at the Panthers, if you look at them for the season, they rank, this is where it gets crazy though, right? They rank third in place per game. And this is regulation. This gets rid of overtime. Um, they rank sixth in rushing attempts per game, and they rank 11th in dropbacks per game. That's like where it's just like, it's kind of, you know, perplexing. Now it's down a little bit over the last three games, like they're 15th in dropbacks per game, which is 41. They're 12th in plays per game, 67.3, but they're still, they're ninth um, in rushing attempts per game at 26.3. So it's, it's a weird situation. They're not very good, but they somehow get volume despite like, being terrible like it's really a weird equation like you don't see this that often for how bad they've been over the last few weeks um but yeah it is enough volume that it's keeping him right there like in that top 12 for me but he's borderline going to be moving down for me moving forward tyrod taylor is going to be starting for the houston Texans coming off ir tyrod taylor the nfl's leader in fantasy points per drop back this season he did start the season pretty well the first six quarters that he played against the Jaguars and a half against the Cleveland Browns. Tyrod Taylor, is he someone that you would think is a streamer this week, Dwayne? If you have Kyler Murray, would you look at Tyrod Taylor? I know that Tyrod Taylor is another guy I'm looking at because I had to drop Taysom Hill in one of my leagues. I put in a bid for Tyrod Taylor. It's a good matchup against the Miami Dolphins, and Taylor did look decent when he was active. He has Brandon Cooks. Is that enough? Uh, probably not. Like, I mean, if I look, if I'm in a super deep format, like say you're playing in one of these 14 team leagues or you're playing on a super flex format, whether it's 10, 12 teams in those situations, for sure. Like Tyrod Taylor could be in play, but otherwise I'm not going to probably try to get cute with this. I just don't like the weapons in Houston. I don't like the offensive line. I really don't like anything about it. I do agree that the matchup is probably it's, it's pretty fair. Like this game, 
I would still favor Miami, obviously, in the game, but I think it is a situation where it could be closer than what people think. I just, I typically don't try to get cute, though, with players like this. I just, I think Houston is terrible. And so I just really don't want any part of it because if the other team can take away their top target, which, you know, is Brandon Cooks, like it's kind of, it's like ball game, you know, it's like, what else can they do? There's not, I know Chris Moore had that one game where he was like wide open twice and scored like whatever, 30 fantasy points a few weeks back against the Patriots. But like, you're just not going to get lightning in the bottle like that most likely uh, multiple times. So there's just not a lot to like for me, in my opinion, with Houston. Um, despite the fact that, you know, he's only 5,000 on DK, probably going to be owned under 2%. I just don't, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, no, I think DFS, I, I think I'd rather just play Jordan Love. He's cheaper. Yeah, I, think I agree. Maybe probably has a little more ups, because he has weapons. Like, that's the thing. Like, Tyra Taylor really only has Brandon Cooks. Like, that, that's it. And, and that's why Cooks is, is a good play this week, because he gets the upgrade with Tyra Taylor instead of Davis Mills on her center. The only other quarterback injury to talk about, Dak, well, Dak Prescott, I want to mention, is off the injury report altogether. Yep. So he should be locked and loaded as a top-end player this week. So you're starting him with no concerns. Uh, Tua Tungo Viola had a banged-up finger on his throwing hand, uh, suffered versus the Bills. Uh, Flores is optimistic that Tua will play. I mean, this is a really good spot for Tua. I mean, he's shown that he can beat up pretty bad defenses. Miami throws a lot more than most other offenses do. Um, I know I have Tua as like a top, I think I have him as a top 10 quarterback this week for fantasy. Uh, Dwayne, do you still feel comfortable with Tua? I think he's probably one of the top, I think he's like the top streaming quarterback this week because I know he was on a lot of waiver wires after he played the Bills last week. Yeah, I think he makes a great streaming play. We do have, we are now um, certain Devontae Parker is out. He's actually, we'll talk about that in a minute, but he did go to IR. So we're back down to, you know, Mike Kosicki as well as Jalen Waddell. So you really like it when you have that third option. Yeah, Mac Hollins has been able to work in and do some things, but most defenses, they're just really not afraid of, of Mac Collins. Um, it is a great matchup though. You know, from a quarterback strength of schedule standpoint, if you look at the PFF metrics and, and the way PFF you know, creates these um, strength of schedule metrics is really based on looking at player grades, who's injured, who's in, who's out, all those sort of things. And Tua still grades as a perfect uh, 10.0 QB SOS. So he has the top matchup on the slate. So that's a positive for him. Um, you know, it's, I'd rather him have three, you know, weapons, you know, it's kind of the rule of three in the NFL. Like if you have three really good weapons, you can beat almost any defense. If you just have two, like a defense could have a good game against you and manage to shut down one or the other. And then it's just problematic for your offense. So I don't like that, but it is the Texans. That's what I keep coming back to. It's the Texans. I've got him at 11 right now, but I highlighted him earlier today. He's a guy I'm thinking about. Do I move him down? So like right now, Andrew, I don't know where you are, but I've got him slightly ahead of Daniel Jones and Ryan Tannehill. And then I've got him just below Kyler Murray and Derek Carr. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's right. And that's at That's a QB 11. So he's right there kind of in that range. You're talking about low end QB one streamer. Yeah, I think that that's solid. And I know you talked about the rule of three and maybe that's it. The Texans, they're, they're the third component, like their <laughs> they're defense, the third component. Yeah. They're, they're the third piece. Or you could always throw in Miles Gaskin as well as a, a pass catching back. You know, if he plays, we'll, we'll see what happens with him and his touch count in the, in the question mark of, you know, the curious case of the Miami Dolphins backfield. Uh, I, I do like Gusecki this week, but we'll yes. get to that in a minute. Yeah, I like <laughs> I like the Dolphins. I like the stack in DFS because we know exactly where the two is going to throw the ball. He's going to throw the ball to Waddle. He's going to throw the ball to Gusecki. So the two a double stack definitely in play in DFS this week. Before we get to the running backs, we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills right now. You can get a 25% off any PFF subscription if you use the code FANTASY. 
grades and data are alive for every single player who logged a snap last week. Go check out the highest graded players from week eight. What can you get with the PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, weekly player rankings to help you set your, your lineups, strength of schedule for every fantasy player, PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards, our grade powered projections and cover probabilities, and more. Support the pod and use promo code FANTASY for 25% off any subscription. Running backs, Dwayne, uh, Derrick Henry put on IR. Adrian Peterson signed to the active roster. is a permanent move, so he's off of the practice squad officially, and it's because he's been impressive. What are you doing with these with these running backs? Uh, with You have McNichols, you have Adrian Peterson, and our guy, Brian Drake, from your podcast, you know, actually sent me a little message under the radar about how he had heard that De- Deontay Foreman was actually going to see starter snaps in yeah, this that game. Was from, and that was from Greg Cassell yep. um, on his podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen, though, at this point, though. I, I was double-checking, and I just actually Googled for it again. I don't see anything about... Because Foreman's on the practice squad as well. Okay. So I don't see anything about him coming up. So we'll have to wait and see what the news is on that. Um, my gut tells me now, based off of everything that I've read about Peterson today, it does sound like he's starting. I'm not an insider like... Greg Cassell, so who knows? We could hear on Sunday morning. I've got some sneaky waivers put in on Foreman, like for like men bids that go through on Sunday just in case. And then if I need to, I'll just cut him again. But uh, yeah, we'll have to pay attention to it on Sunday morning. My anticip- I'm anticipating right now, um, Andrew, is that probably see Adrian P- Peterson handle 60 to 70% of the work that Henry was getting on the ground. No one's going to handle everything Henry was getting. And then I think you see an expanded role for McNichols. Um, I, you know, I think he'll probably see 30% of the rushing attempts instead of 10 or 15%. Um, he'll handle all the passing down work. So you're, you're never going to fully replace Derrick Henry. And then if Foreman is active, I would probably expect that he does rotate in as well. So then all of a sudden, if we see that, um, you could see Peterson maybe getting 50%, right, of what we were seeing out of, you know, Derrick Henry. Then maybe you get 30% from Foreman, 20% from McNichols, something like that. If, if Foreman's active, like, even if he's not, I'm kind of trying to avoid it, to be honest. I don't like the matchup against the Rams. I don't like the fact they could be getting blown out. So the game environment, the scoring environment could be bad for backs, and especially with the style, right, that the, that the, the Titans want to play. So I'm trying to avoid it where I can. I do have a few teams where I've got some bye week issues and things like that where I'm going to go ahead and throw Peterson out there as my RB2. But those are pretty rare instances. I'm not I'm not I'm not opting to put him in the flex over any kind of receivers that I like or anything like that. If you're doing that, I think you're probably getting, you know, kind of cart before the horse. I'd rather like to see a week of this. Honestly, I'd like to see like two weeks. I know some of you are like, hey, I can't. It's like crunch time. I got to do it. And I get it. Like if your roster is forcing you to do that, I have a few of those and I'm doing it. But overall, I, I, I'm really trying to take more of a wait and see approach because I don't know for sure. I'm giving you my best guess on how I think they're going to handle this. Yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. Adrian Pearson was a sit for me in the start sit this week. I just yeah, did not I like, like that. that. I didn't like the matchup. And Where do you have Peterson in your ranks? Right I mean, now? I probably have him probably a little bit too low. I, I I probably moved Deontay Foreman up a little bit too much. I mean, I still have I think I have him like in the 40s. I just don't like him really that much. I just don't know what the role is going to be like. The matchup's terrible. He's not going to be used as, as a pass catcher, and that's what this game kind of profiles as, where the Titans are trying to catch points. So I've I, I ranked him out of where you would probably want to start him. Like I think that there's more yeah. upside with some of these other backup running backs, like an AJ Dillon, like a Tony Pollard, even if they don't see like 
the same type of volume they're just better players and they're better set up for success in their offenses that yeah. and so I, I did rank mcnichols ahead of him same same <laughs> you know just yeah. because of the especially in ppr and half ppr but i mean right now i mean i've got peterson sitting at 29 but i, I mean it's really a tier thing right i've got him in tier five where i've got mcnichols boston scott adrian peterson tony pollard james connor aj Dillon, ty johnson and devin singletary so, I mean, I think when you listen to the tier, it kind of tells you what I think. It's um, you're, you're basically trying, with any of those backs that you start, you need a touchdown. <laughs> you know, McNichols could come through on the PPR, but pretty much you need a touchdown from any one of those backs. Yeah, and Peterson showed us last, I think it was last Thanksgiving, actually. I think he scored like two touchdowns. So that's what you're praying for if you use... Peterson, look, for all the jokes, like when I watch him, like he's not what he was, obviously, but he knows how to play in an NFL offense. Mm-hmm. Like he knows how to get, you know, north south. He knows how to make his one jump cut, do what he does. He's not going to outrun a bunch of guys to angles, but he's still very physical. Like he's he's going to get you yards after contact. Not going to break the long plays. But I think that Peterson, you know, he's one of these medical marvels. Like I don't know how he keeps himself in such great shape and how he continues to do what he's doing, but it's it's still probably better than a lot of backs that have been sitting on rosters all year, you know, despite the fact that he's 36. Yeah, and this, the schedule softens up. You know, they play the Rams this week, they play the Saints the next week, and then it gets a lot easier. There are a couple layup matchups, Jaguars, Texans, yeah. and that's where you can probably feel like, okay, like, here we go, Adrian Peterson, like, let's go. I'm, I'm going to be excited. That's really a great point. Just because you may have put some fab dollars down on Peterson, and I think this is hard for people. Like, they go splurge, especially late in the season like this, if you had fab dollars left, you probably had to spend a decent amount to get Peterson. People's immediate um, reaction is, I have to get them into my lineup. Like, avoid that if you can. Like, if you need him, great. We already talked about it. You Use Peterson. But it doesn't mean that he doesn't have additional value, to your point, Andrew, moving forward. You know, it could still be a great investment, but you're looking for the right game. This is the absolute worst game that Peterson could, like, enter. Against the Rams. They're going to trail. (laughs) It's a good rushing defense. Like, they're going to probably turn Tannehill over multiple times in the game. Um, It's it's a tough – it's a very tough game situation for Peterson with his skill set to step in and have a lot of confidence. McCaffrey, uh, Matt Rule, said that he's hopeful that CMC makes his return. Uh, Regardless, he's going to be on a pitch count less than 40 to 50% of the snaps. Uh, we're going to know more about it on Saturday or when you guys are listening to this podcast. Um, seems like it's a situation where you'd rather just have him not play at all. Uh, is it just a, hey, if you're desperate, you can throw him out there because he's McCaffrey? I feel like we've been good. through this before. <laughs> I'm like, guys, like, didn't we just do this? Like, come on. Like, you're the Panthers. You suck anyway. Like, don't get him hurt. Come on. Uh, does McCaffrey – so, I mean, if McCaffrey plays, then you can't start Hubbard. Oh, no, yeah. No. Chuba's out. Like, I – I've still got Chuba right now. I'm I'm treating this as of you know Friday at 3:47 p.m. Central, 4:47 Eastern. I've still got Chuba as the lead back, and I don't have McCaffrey ranked. But yeah. I probably will change. I didn't. I just, it's one of those things where I don't want to change the rankings 27 times, Andrew. I'm gonna wait and see what I hear tomorrow morning, and I'm gonna make my adjustments adjustments, and I'll resubmit my articles and rankings. You know, uh, my article around tiers and rankings. Um, so, but if, if McCaffrey's going to play, like Chuba goes down to like tier seven, my bottom tier, like he goes down there. Well, he'll probably be around tier six, like, cause I expect him to get a little bit more work, but you won't be able to use him. Yeah. And if McCaffrey plays, 
I mean, chances are you probably don't have many better options. Again, if you've been playing Hubbard play, instead of McCaffrey. You just got to play him, man. Yeah. You just got to play him. Unless you're in a really small format. Like if you're playing in like an 18 league with small benches where, you know, you and I get these screenshots of these loaded teams <laughs> and these people asking me these questions. And I apologize to you guys. I love you all. But sometimes I don't respond. I'm like, you're loaded. Like, I don't even know. Just like start any of them. I, yeah, you're good. Start any one of those players. Um but yeah, if if McCaffrey plays, I mean, most likely, I mean, he was your probably round one, pick one. You're gonna just need to stick him in there. And let's the biggest thing, let's just hope he doesn't get hurt again. Because yep. I think we're all ready to see fully healthy CMC. Yep. Uh, yeah, and he's probably just to stay away in DFS. I don't think this is a situation where like you're trying to buy low on McCaffrey. I mean, if he's not if he's not playing enough, like he's not gonna be able to get the 30 points that you want from him. He's he's gonna have to play more. So probably stay away in DFS. Uh, Saquon Barkley has been ruled out. Uh, it looks like Devontae Booker is getting another three-down workload. You know, I know that his usage has been really great without Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's been a legit bell cow back, you know, involved as a rusher and in the passing game, which I think is really huge and kind of an underrated part of his game. Not to say he's like this great pass-catching back, but they're throwing in the ball and he's racking up receiving yards. So they have another running back that also has COVID, Gary Brightwell. So it's really just Elijah Penny is the only other running back on, on the, that is going to probably be active in this game. So Booker is probably set up pretty well from a usage standpoint yeah i've got him at rb18 this week so i mean i've got chase edmonds and miles gaskin right above him then i've got booker at 18 then i have hubbard and i have daryl williams so you have the booker hubbard williams replacement tier (laughs) (laughs) all sitting there at 18 19 and 20 the replacement tier you just just roll with these guys i mean if you've been playing booker you just keep playing them and you just hope that he just continues to put up these rb2 numbers and yeah he has not been good like none of these replacement backs honestly have been good like when you look mm-hmm. at our missed tackles force per attempt you look at yards after contact you look at explosive runs booker's actually been better than the other two in explosive runs but some of them have come in weird situations like third and 18 draw plays and stuff like that that you have to get rid of like to really kind of normalize the data but uh, the, the beauty with with Booker over the other two has really been a true what you just mentioned. It's been an every down roll. He gets long down and distance. He gets the two-minute offense. He gets the short down and distance work. I mean, basically, like, he really is in the full role of Saquon Barkley minus, like, all the talent. And we know <laughs> yes, that yeah, just like volume, is still, and volume is still king. And that's really, I mean, if you look at Booker's finishes – like they don't lie. Like he's been in the top twenty-four pretty much. I think every week. Like and he's been like up like near the top twelve. You know several times. You know while while Barkley's been out in PPR formats anyway, a little bit less than standard. But yeah, Booker. I you know we're locked in. It's safe. I mean I put him right there in that in that sixteen to twenty range. Yeah, I think Booker is someone you want to look at as a cash consideration in DFS this week because he's one of the cheaper running backs. He's below 6K. I know it's like him and Miles Gaskin that are kind of that third running back after you pay up for Zeke and Austin Eckler. And I prefer Booker. Just his role is way more secure. I mean, Gaskin, it could be it could be three different things like what they decide to do. They could run <laughs> Salvin Ahmed because the Texans have a bad run defense. And they're it's like, oh, we're just going to get the Ahmed today. Like that's We not have to get Patrick guys. Laird on the field. <laughs> like I don't understand any thought process that includes that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. Uh, James Robinson is questionable. Uh, he's kind of been limited. Um, pain tolerance thing. Are you feeling confident about starting don't him trust against it. the Bills? Don't yeah. trust it. I just don't trust it. And, man, Robinson has really been phenomenal. Like, the more he plays and he's out there, the more it just cements why did they ever take Travis, you know, ATN. I, I just don't get it. 
Um, so he's come through, but yeah, like this is a situation where DMP, DMP, limited practice, and oh, it's going to be a pain tolerance thing. Um, I really don't trust this situation at all. I'm trying to avoid Robinson any way I can. Um, if I have to, you know, I just don't have any other options. I mean, fine, I'll stick him in there as an RB2, but I just, I worry even if he plays, Andrew, it's one of these situations where, because we know what's going to happen, right? They're going to give him a shot before the game. They're going to give yeah. him a shot. They're going to get him out there, and then when when the shot wears off, or if he gets you know twists something the wrong way or gets re-injured, like it's it could Carlos be it's, high it could time. Just, yes, it could just be the early exit, you know. <laughs> and, and we know that this is a coach that's been willing in the past to give Hyde a little bit of, a little bit of love too, and this might be his chance to kind of reinforce that. So I just I really love what we've seen from Robinson, and I think he's showing he's a really good back, but I don't think we can use him this week. Yep, I agree. The lower body injury is just the suck away explosiveness that running backs have. It's part of Jim Robinson's game. And, you know, they could just, if they're getting, I mean, they're going to get blown out. We all know that. So they're going to take Robinson out. It's going to be Carlos Hyde, check down city. So, yeah, avoid, hopefully Robinson just gets ruled inactive and you can just start Hyde and just hope that he catches a bunch of dump off passes because that's kind of what you're looking at with him as a replacement. Latavius Murray um, is doubtful. He's probably not going to play. He's not practicing after the bye week. Um, So we're going to see bumps from Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, Tyson Williams. I think that Devontae Freeman is the only guy you can really start because he's like the 1A, like kind of in this backfield. Dwayne, you kind of do a great job of laying out their utilization, and I love how you labeled it as gross across the board because that's really what it is. Um, give the people your, your rundown on Devontae Freeman and, and why they feel like they're going to have to vomit when they put him in their starting lineup. Yeah, it's just because it doesn't really matter who's active. Um, they really just mostly they're splitting right so if you look at the last so if you look at the last week we had Latavius Murray out 40 percent of the snaps but this is for Freeman 22 percent of the rushing attempts to Freeman 28 percent to Le'Veon Bell 11 percent to Williams and the rest to where oh the best player on the team Lamar Jackson who's really who they want to have the ball you know in his hands and then if you look at routes under 30 percent you look at targets eight percent targets per route run you know they're they're okay, but it's just a situation where they're really going to split it up between the three backs, and you don't know that one of them could get a hot hand and get a little bit more carry than the others. But I don't know, Andrew. When I look at it, I, I see three backs that I have no confidence in, and an offense is throwing the ball more. That really their RB one is their quarterback. So I just yeah. don't I don't see any path to upside. I don't know what their floor is. Their floor any. Any one of these three players, their floor could be zero, and we wouldn't be surprised, right? They could give you one fantasy point, and we'd be like, oh, yeah, thanks. Like, that's awesome. Appreciate it. You know, we knew that was within the range of outcomes, so I'm trying to avoid this backfield altogether. Yep, I agree. The answer to the Ravens' backfield is the passing game and Lamar Jackson. Like, that's what you want from this uh, Ravens' backfield. Uh, Chase Edmonds um, is dealing with a shoulder injury again. It looks like he's still going to play in this matchup, but... We don't know. There's a lot of question marks about Arizona. I know that you have Edmund still in your top 20, Dwayne. Is there any concern about him? There is. Yeah, Yeah, there is. Because if we look at his games where he was really more limited throughout the week and we had concerns, um, he did see a reduction in utilization and we did see a reduction in fantasy points. So I do have him highlighted in yellow. I have not decided exactly where I'm going to get him to. My gut tells me right now I will move him down to tier four, which includes Zach Moss, um, Melvin Gordon, Javonta Williams, more into that range is where I'm going to probably end up feeling more comfortable with Chase Edmonds when everything's said and done. I want to kind of hear the final of what they have to say today about Edmonds in practice. You know, Arizona is one of the late 
West Coast teams. So we don't always get all you know all of our information on all the players um, completely settled before we before we do this podcast. But yes, some someone I'm definitely keeping an eye on, and that could give James Conner a little bit of an increase. But it's not a great matchup, right? It's middle of the road, running back strength of schedule, offensive line run blocking advantage versus the defensive line for the 49ers is like you know it's well below average this week. So there's nothing screaming at me. Oh my gosh, I need to have one of these Cardinal backs in in my you know, in my lineup. And if we are without Kyler Murray, that, that hurts, that hurts the ground game as well. Like he creates a lot of space for those guys. When it's more of a true one up, you have a Colt McCoy under center and it's just, you're, you're defending a a typical running game. Um, I think a lot of what we've seen from Arizona in an efficiency standpoint goes away um, with Colt McCoy under center. Yeah, I think that if you don't have Kyler Murray, I think I'd prefer Edmonds because he'll probably be more involved in the passing game. They're probably won't be playing as with a lead because and James Conner's been the touchdown guy. So yeah. either guy, I think I would probably try to get a receiver in there if I'm playing them in the, in the flex. Just try to get more. And Edmonds has been good from a receiving perspective. Yeah. Like he's still in the top five backs in target share, like for running backs. So like he he's still getting utilized in that part of his game, and I think that's a good call. I think you could see a guy like McCoy take a few more of those especially if you're going to be without deandre hopkins and it looks pretty much like aj green won't play and so christian kirk is really more of a you know guy that you want to stretch the field vertically from the slot he's probably gonna have to work outside this week rondell moore is really more around the line of scrimmage player so you really could use potentially chase edmonds edmonds and moore probably play similar similar roles tomorrow to be honest or tomorrow say tomorrow when you guys listen it will be tomorrow but i mean sunday dump offs galore from Colt McCoy, the Texas Colt McCoy legend. loves a good dump off. <laughs> uh, Damian Williams. Damian Williams did not practice on Thursday or Friday. Uh, with David Montgomery is like potentially coming off of IR. He's practicing. Uh, you can drop Damian Williams. I think at this point, I think I agree. It's, it's pretty clear. Herbert's the backup when uh, Dave Montgomery returns. You know, he won that job. You know, outright. So you can drop Damian Williams. Um, it's just I good prefer if, to if, avoid Herbert though this weekend, just because it is the absolute worst. It's it's a zero out of ten. <laughs> on our running back strength of schedule. <laughs> uh, and, you, and, and it's just like, what are you playing for? I mean, you got a total of 40 in this game. You got, how is this possible, Andrew? An implied points of 16.75, like that, okay. Like why even show up <laughs> the stadium? The Bears because are not gonna score any is points. King, Dwayne, and Khalil yeah. Herbert did get it done against Tampa Bay because they just refused to stop running the ball. And if he's the only running back active really, and it's him and Ryan Nall, then Herbert can grind his way to like eight fans. Yeah, I know points. running back is king, and I still would avoid him if I can this weekend. Like there, there's some matchups I just don't want anything to do with. Pittsburgh is definitely one of them against the running game. It's also a zero on the offensive line running uh, run blocking advantage. So if you look, if 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 my spreadsheet in front of me were a Christmas tree, Khalil Herbert would re- he would represent the red strand that I'm wrapping around. He has zero green anywhere. He does have the volume, to your point, Andrew. And we're projecting him right now, I think, for like 15 to 20 total touches on the site, if I if I remember correctly, because I was just looking at it earlier, somewhere in that range. And I do think he'll get those touches. But I just folks, just he's a low end RB two this week. I've got him at 22. Agreed. Elijah Mitchell is questionable with a rib injury. So this is something he was dealing with earlier in the season, and it gets a little more complicated now that Jeff Wilson is also potentially making his return off the PUP for the first time, making his seasonal debut. Now, 
it's tough for us to just kind of assume that, okay, Jeff Wilson's going to come in and now play, play this significant role because Elijah Mitchell has been really effective. Like He's been mm-hmm. one of the best running backs, one of the best rookies this year. He's actually second in rushing yards behind Najee Harris, and he's played significantly less games than Harris has. So are you ready to move Mitchell at all, just kind of like as you expect Wilson to be more involved? Or you're like, hey, I got to wait and see. Like They may not use Jeff Wilson at all, maybe, and it still will be the Elijah Mitchell show. Or does this rib injury make it seem more likely that they probably will – incorporate Wilson and Mitchell will not just be the the early down back the entire time I think the rib injury is the key you know I think if if it's a situation where he's having to play through pain they may want to ease his load a little bit but I think he's played well enough that I'm not necessarily scared of Jeff Wilson yes we've seen Jeff Wilson come in and have some big games and probably won some folks some leagues you know uh in little short spurts but I think overall, what we've seen from Mitchell, he gives them the big, the explosive play ability that they're really looking for. Like if you look at Elijah Mitchell, if you look at running backs that have at least 50 attempts on the season, explosive runs, which are carries of 10 yards or more, he's first in the NFL at 18.5% of his rushing plays go for 10 yards or more. So that's that Shanahan you know, zone blocking scheme coming together with the talent that Mitchell has. He's not necessarily the best from a vision standpoint, but when he does get it right, he he gets it right in a really big way, which I think they like. And that's not something that Jeff Wilson puts brings to the table. Honestly, that's some Jeff Wilson, you know, the better comp for Jeff Wilson is Trey Sermon. Right. So I, I really don't think you should, you know, sweat it a bunch. I do think Jeff Wilson potentially makes Trey Sermon just a flat out drop because they seem to just not like Trey Sermon at all. And then I think from there, we just kind of have to play it by ear, Andrew. If all of a sudden, even this week, if we see Jeff Wilson get a few attempts, I wouldn't get too concerned because it really could be tied back to the injury. Now, if it's a fully healthy week and we see Jeff Wilson working in, because we know Jamichael Hasty is already the passing down back, and he's also been getting all the short down distance. So I will say Mitchell's margins are pretty thin because he's living on the big play right now. He cannot afford to give up any portion of his early down work. He needs to re- he needs to retain all of that because Hasty is already the back that's going to get used quite a bit if they get into these trailing scripts. Yep, and maybe this is a time you know try to sell high on Elijah Mitchell before the weekend. I think that's I think that's actually good actionable advice from you. I think I think maybe I I would be willing. I would be willing to sell high, but when we say sell high, I always worry, you know, because I get the screenshots later of hey man, I got rid of Elijah Mitchell for you know um, James Conner and Devonta Booker. (laughs) Like that's not what we mean. Like what we mean is like you know find somebody that's hyped about Elijah Mitchell. Right. And, you know, and go use the data points we're giving you to go sell him. Elijah Mitchell is leading the whole league. Yeah, he's not, he's not a bad player. Like he's been good. Like you got to sell good players to get good players back. But exactly. Just, yeah. But get a good player back. Like yeah. if you want to go make it like say if you needed a receiver really bad and somebody's just still not a buyer on Hollywood Brown. Like I would trade mm-hmm. Elijah Mitchell for a player like that. Don't just just don't get rid of him to get rid of him. I might make that trade later today, Dwayne. I appreciate that Marquise <laughs> Brown point. I love that. People uh, are just still too low on him. Everybody's <laughs> sitting around just like, oh, Rashad Bateman. And we like Bateman, but I'm like, dude, Marquise Brown was also a first-round pick. He can do things Bateman can't, like just beat both safeties flat out. Like, And we love Bateman. But Marquise Brown, like, and he's been playing you know, with, with Lamar Jackson for three years. I won't get on that soapbox. We can talk about that when we get to receivers <laughs> if we want. But, yeah, people, people, the sentiment is too low on Hollywood Brown for how good he's playing. Yeah. Uh, and also – 
be sure to make sure Jeff Wilson's not on your waiver wire. Like pick him up yes. because if there's if Elijah Mitchell like re-injures his rib, like Jeff Wilson's probably gonna be the next guy and we're gonna be talking about I him agree. on the waiver wire show like next week where we like, oh well Jeff Wilson, like make sure you just pick him up now, stash him. I think if he's still like on Let the Let me PC, ask you this, Andrew. Would sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, Would no. you rather just carry Wilson and drop Trey Sermon? Yeah. I, I think that. I would too. Just because I think we've seen from Sermon, like they, and as much as like we may like Sermon and um, like, I, I liked when I watched Sermon. I, you know, I don't know everything that's going on with him now, but I think at this point, I, what I do know is the coaches for whatever reason do not like Trey Sermon. <laughs> that's all that I need to know. And unfortunately we don't get the volume. Uh, it doesn't matter how good you are uh, at the running back position. So uh, the, this, the talent may still be there. So don't write him off. He's, he's still a rookie. But right now he's not seeing any opportunities. So you need those to be getting fantasy points. Uh, last running back note, uh, Justin Jackson's out for the, the Chargers. Um, so it means we're probably going to see more of Larry Roundtree just as the backup. But it's Austin Eckler's show. Um, he's in a great spot this week. So he's a guy you want to pay up for in DFS. Before we get into the next segment, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Fantrax. Fantrax's free fantasy football league manager is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature-rich platform in the entire industry. PFF playing our leagues on Fantrax this season, so you can set up your league exactly the way you want. You want to get rid of kickers and DST? You want to add more flex spots? Complete multi-team trades or even be able to trade fab or future year picks? Fantrax can do it all for free. For your fantasy hockey and fantasy basketball fans, the season is fast approaching, so be sure to create a new league or bring over those existing leagues to Fantrax. They're giving away signed jerseys to a few lucky fans, so sign up now at Fantrax.com PFF to be eligible. Wide receivers are now coming in. Debo Samuel dealing with a calf injury. He's been limited this week. Uh, he's entering questionable. Debo's been just an absolute monster this year. Um, been one of the, the best receiver values you've got. And drafted him around seven. He, he's a top three wide receiver in fantasy, dominating the target share in the 49ers offense. But now we have Kittle likely coming back. Brandon Ayuk is starting to get used more. He's actually getting positive coach speak for the first time all year from Kyle Shanahan. He's finally seeing that he's taking a step forward. Is it time to try to sell Debo? Or, I mean, the matchup here is pretty good against the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, he's getting the volume. Do you expect the volume to continue to be there for him, or do you start to see things start to decline a little bit with Debo? You're going to start him in this matchup um, if he's healthy, obviously, but um, long-term outlook on Debo for the rest of the season. I mean, he was getting the volume before when we had Kittle, so I'm really not that worried about Debo. Um, I mean, I have a little concern, Andrew, because we do we did see Brandon Ayuk have his um, season high in utilization last week out there for almost 100% of the routes, actually, which is a huge step for him. Had 27% of the targets. Um, I think the bigger issue is really for him with Kittle coming back. But if Ayuk truly has turned the corner and then you are getting Kittle back and he stays healthy and you're in a run first offense, obviously like it's some, you'd have to have some thought right around Debo potentially, you know, running into issues here or there. And, and really Debo's kryptonite, let's be honest, it's really been injuries. <laughs> so we've, we've not got to see a lot of the Niners offense over the last two years of all of these guys fully healthy together. Like, so we don't know for sure. It's not like we've got this big, um, you know, it's not like we've got a big sample that we can go back and look at and say, look, this is what we think exactly is going to happen. Overall, I do believe they're designing a lot for Debo. I think they still prefer him to Brandon Ayuk. Yes, Brandon Ayuk is getting to play more, but obviously Debo has been rewarding them with their faith in him like all season long. So right now it's a situation where I definitely don't 
I don't mind selling high on a player like Debo, um, just like what we were talking about with Mitchell, but make sure you sell sky high. I mean, we're talking about a, a receiver that's in the top three. So, you know, you've got to approach that trade table with confidence and you treat Debo like he is the wide receiver three whenever you talk about making a trade. Don't think, oh, really, he's wide receiver 24 performing as wide <laughs> receiver three. I think then you're making a mistake. I would consider him a low-end wide receiver one, which is where I have him ranked for the rest of the season, just based on a few of these, just, just being, you know, pragmatic about it, right? And taking all the information in and trying to look at it, zoom out, big picture. Okay, probably belongs like somewhere between nine and 12 when you take all the factors in, but don't, don't treat him like he's a low end wide receiver two, wide receiver three, something like that. You know, make sure that you're getting good value for him. Dallas Cowboys wide receivers are a little bit banged up. Uh, Mari Cooper should be fine. You know, he's been dealing with like a hamstring injury kind of like all season. He's had a couple of limited practice, but he's expected to play. Lamb is the one that kind of came up a little bit scarier this week. You know, he had an ankle injury, a sprained ankle come up midweek. Mike McCarthy said that he expects him to play, expects him to practice, and not he's not concerned. Um, have, is it concerned you at all? Obviously, you follow the Cowboys very closely. Have you moved them? Yeah, anytime, anytime you go from a full practice to a DMP, like you catch my attention. But McCarthy is saying all the right things. He said he expected Lamb, you know, to practice – you know, today we haven't gotten the official, you know, report. I haven't even seen if it was limited. We just know that he practiced. I don't know to what capacity yet, um, but he's saying he expects them to play. So I'm going to roll with it. You know, if you've got CD Lamb, you're going to just continue on, unless we get different kind of news tomorrow. Yep. Uh, and just uh, if you're afraid about a bummed ankle, uh, Corlin Sutton had a bummed ankle uh, one week on a Friday exactly. and he went out and caught like 150 receiving yards, and I felt dumb because I moved bananas. down the rankings. So. Yes, uh, these are warriors, guys. You know, most of them are not playing 100% ever. So, C.D. Lamb is a guy I'm not – he's not leaving my – Lamb's uh, just in a good lineup. spot. Like, you know, he's from wide receiver strength of schedule to 7.2 out of 10. So, that's a, a well above average grade. That's going to be top 10 for the week. Wide receiver cornerback matchup is a plus 60. So, I mean, that's going to be well above average for the week. You know, you're in a game where you got an implied points of 29.75. That was as of yesterday. It may be a little bit different today, but it'll be somewhere right around there for Dallas. So, I mean, you've got a top four implied points. You've probably got a top 10 wide receiver strength of schedule matchup. you probably got a top 15 to top 20 wide receiver cornerback matchup from an elite young talent. You're just going to roll with it. Yep. And, you know, Dallas is probably going to play – they're going to be able to control this game, and you know I think they're going to be able to feature the running backs a lot. So if you want to fade away from Lamb and Cooper and DFS, I think maybe they're more of a tournament play because they'll be low roster. But I mean, if the if the double stack Dak Prescott is low roster, you you want to be over oh, that. So with God, give me with Lamb and Cooper, <laughs> uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I know we've got a lot of questions about him in the chat. I know we kind of hit on him a little bit with Kyler Murray, but DMP Thursday, limited Friday. You know he basically didn't play. He played, what, like 25% of the game last Thursday. So it's been almost 10 days that they're going to suit up. Um, I have no confidence in playing Hopkins, even if he plays. I, I, I really don't think he's going to play in this game. Uh, I mean, he was barely playing the last game, and it's been so long he's not practicing. Where are you at with Hopkins? Do you feel like he's a wide receiver, like, two this week? Wide receiver three? Like, what's your— Man, I'm. Um, I've, it's another player that I've got highlighted, you know, in the way our process works, at least the way I run mine throughout the week. Um, he's probably going to move down to wide receiver three status. I have him at wide receiver 20 right now, but I, I just don't see a way that I can keep him there. Um, just because there's just some other players that I really like this week, um, that I think need to be ahead of him, given what we're talking about here. 
Hopkins has been a warrior. He is a player that we have seen multiple times, Andrew, have the DNP all week and play. Um, you know, he did it again last week. But the problem is, you know, when you're dealing with a hamstring, as what we saw in week, you know, eight, it's a, something that can flare up at any moment. Now, it was kind of weird because Hopkins doesn't get a lot of those big plays down the field, which is really where he had to open it up, and that's what caused the re-injury. Really, he's more of the intermediate, you know, possession-type receiver. He does get some run after the catch, but he can kind of protect himself. That play, I think, kind of stretched him past, you know, really what his limits could handle with the injury last week. But still, I'm going to move him down probably to wide receiver three status. If I can avoid him, I'm with you, especially with the chance that what if Kyler doesn't play um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not feeling it, you know, this week with DeAndre Hopkins, which says a lot. Like, he's a guy that, you know, I've kind of stuck with and told folks, like, look, the target shares and everything, yeah, they're a little bit lower than what they were last year, but he's still really leading this team. And if you took away the couple of games that he had played hurt before last week, like, his target share was like 27 or 28%, which was still great. Yeah, it wasn't 30%, but 28 is like, we'll take 28%. The bigger issue had been all the leading scripts for the Cardinals. But yeah, I agree this week, I would like to move him down. Um, I want to avoid him if I can, just because, uh, you know, the hamstring thing, I, I really worry he's going to re-aggravate it even if he plays. Yeah, and I don't think that benching DeAndre Hopkins by no means you're going to miss out on a, a monster. This doesn't seem like a, a smash spot for really the Cardinals passing game. I mean, if you look at Hopkins this year, he's really been doing it because of efficiency. So you take away his quarterback efficiency, like it's not going to be the same. So he would need to get more volume to make up for not having Kyler potentially. And that just seems unlikely. So with Hopkins kind of banged up now, where does this have you on Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore? Now, would you start those guys over Hopkins? Like I have Hopkins, do I play a banged up Hopkins if he's active? Do I make sure I pick up Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk as a you know safety plan so I can just like kind of slide them in? Because if those are the two active guys because AJ Green is also not going to play in this game because he has COVID you know we're going to see a full snapshot from Rondell Moore which has kind of been his biggest issue is just not being on the field enough and that now shouldn't be a problem based on the fact that they're going to be out two of their top wide receivers I would expect Rondell Moore to still be around 60 to 70 percent of the routes just because he didn't really replace which is still good right the problem is he's been stuck down in that 30 to 40 percent range Um, but we did see him get up to 70 percent after Hopkins left that game but he is not the direct replacement, right, for DeAndre Hopkins. It's just more about, like, really that game was a situation where finally you had the Cardinals trailing. They needed to use 10 personnel more than what they had normally done. Then you had some of the injuries going on, and it worked out perfectly for Rondell Moore. The player that I would expect to see on the field, um, probably 100% of snaps nearly, would be Christian Kirk. If you have A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins out, and then you'll get Rondell Moore maybe up around 60 to 70%. You know? And I, I do think that makes them both playable. I would take, I would utilize Christian Kirk over DeAndre Hopkins. I would put Rondell Moore versus DeAndre Hopkins more at a coin flip. But I wouldn't blame anyone that has decided they're going to go ahead and play more. I mean, you've got to look at your matchup. What I would, the way I would look at it is what you said. Like, you're probably not going to get a blow-up game from Hopkins. But he's going to, he could still give you a little bit of a better floor if they just utilize him more as like the intermediate you know, underneath kind of a hey, seven to 10 yard a dot player need him on a third down, get in the ball. Like you could see like a, a floor game of three catches for 40 yards, right? For Hopkins where, you know, Moore's floor is probably still lower, but I would say more ceiling is going to be higher because he could hit the explosive play. Yep. And yeah, I think Christian Kirk, you know, because green is basically already out. Like Christian Kirk is already like 
you can feel pretty decent about playing him regardless of whatever happens with Hopkins. He's healthy, and he should see uh, a solid amount of targets without A.J. Green. And he's shown general. the ability to, yeah. like, he, he can boom. Like, mm-hmm. he can hit the big plays. So you all of a sudden get him a little bit more volume. Like, I've got him at wide receiver 32 right now. He'll probably push up almost – he'll be just outside of wide receiver 2 range by the time I'm done with my ranks. Yeah, so I'm there with starting Kirk. Um, over DeAndre Hopkins unless we hear anything different about his situation. Uh, Robert Woods uh, did not practice Thursday, limited Friday. McVay says he will play. I think it's a similar thing with Stafford, so I'm not worried about these Rams guys. I mean, Robert Woods has been up and down, um, but, you know, he plays on It a- could be a small upgrade for Jefferson, like if yeah. we know Woods is playing through some things just because Van Jefferson has played so well and he's shown an ability to beat press coverage, all these different kind of things. Like, he's a true... I think Van Jefferson's like on the verge. Like he just needs the opportunity, right? You got so many mouths to feed, and an offense that doesn't get to run a ton of plays just because they score damn touchdowns every year for the other play. Like they can't even stay on the field because they're so good. Yeah. Um, so Jefferson, I may give him a slight bump, but yeah, I wouldn't really change a lot around the Rams other than potentially thinking about Van and like a tournament lineup. Well, I mean, I know that as a someone that has a lot of bucks receivers like I'm, I'm starting van jefferson in, in like chris godwin's place or mike evans place and i feel i feel pretty good about it like the titans are a good matchup so if you are looking for a waiver wire pickup like let's say christian kirk is not available and you need to pick up van jefferson for hopkins like i like that especially because van jefferson also plays in the late games so you can yeah, get I as like much information too. about hopkins as you need so van jefferson remains a, a solid pickup because he's got a solid matchup uh julio jones is off the injury report um, so he's going to play. Unfortunately, A.J. Brown <laughs> is on the injury report with a knee injury. Now, this dynamic changes a little bit because A.J. Brown, we thought, might see more of Jalen Ramsey if Julio Jones wasn't playing. But now I, I don't think we're going to see Ramsey shadow either of them unless one of them gets knocked out. So the matchup is still like, you know, the Rams give up points to wide receivers. They, they're not shutting everyone down because Ramsey can't cover everybody. So is it just you just kind of start Julio and AJ Brown and just hope that they gut it through? I think I mean AJ Brown's a warrior, man. Yeah, yeah. AJ Brown, you're playing no matter what, and his target shares are nearly thirty percent every week. We're probably going to get a little more passing volume. Efficiency could come down without Derrick Henry. TBD. We'll have to see on that, right? Play action still works regardless, but with when when you don't have the king on the field, I happen to think that there will be a little bit, you know, of a difference. This is the ultimate test of running backs don't matter. Like I have never seen like we say this all the time, oh this is the new ultimate this is the ultimate of all ultimate tests yes. of running backs don't matter is right here with King Henry. I'm very and what I want to see is like you know, I want to see Tennessee using similar formations to what they did before. Like do they see more or less stacked boxes. My guess is they're going to see less in similar formations. And they're really going to basically say, okay, look, we're just going to take the big play away. We're not going to let A.J. Brown beat us. Um, So that does open the door for Julio to step forward. My problem with Julio, though, is we've already seen this this year, Andrew, um, where he's all of a sudden got back healthy, got taken off the injury report. You know, we've seen him have a full week of practice and then just retweak things. So, Julio, I think, is a gamble just because I do still think there's an injury risk with him despite the fact that he's been moved off of the injury report. We don't know how much of that is gamesmanship just by a team that knows they're down weapons. You know, coaches do this crap all the time. Um, so we shouldn't kid ourselves and, and think that they're really just being truly honest about these injuries. There's a And there's a huge window of what limited means, right? Um, so anyway, but it is good news that he's off the, the injury report. I... Personally, don't think I'm going to move Julio up my ranks much, though. Um, I've got him at 39 right now. 
he might get up to like 33, 34, 35, somewhere in there, you know, so maybe I squeeze him in the, into wide, low end wide receiver three range, but he's, he's not a player that I really trust in a big way. Um, the person I'm most concerned about is I just want to see, I just want to hear that AJ Brown's playing. <laughs> That's all yeah. I really care about. I, right I mean, now with the Titans. <laughs> it's weird. Cause he seems like he always misses practice because of this, this knee yeah. injury. I know like last year he like never practiced at all. So I, I think that he'll be okay, but I mean, just be prepared in case. I think they're uh, again, playing games right now. Yeah. Like, I think Julio is probably less healthy than we think. And, and and look, I don't have anything to back this up, folks. So don't like just be like, oh, well, Dwayne said this. But just knowing that they lost Derrick Henry, right, it makes sense from a narrative standpoint. Um, you know, and A.J. Brown's probably ready to rock. And so they're just trying to create some sort of confusion around how do they want to handle it. And not that it is. As soon as the Rams see A.J. Brown on the field, they're not going to care. That's who they're going to gravitate to at first. And then they're gonna they'll they'll adjust like as the game goes. Uh, Cole Beasley has been playing banged up uh, the last couple of weeks, or excuse me, this week. DMP on Thursday, limited on Friday. I think that just means that this is going to be an Emmanuel Sanders game. Like last week, it was a Cole Beasley game. He got banged up. Emmanuel Sanders goose egged, and now I think they just re- reverse roles. I mean, we've seen Beasley his production, you know, ebbs and, ebbs and flow basically all year long. Like he's had big games, he's had not big games where he's been non-factor. Seems like. If he's banged up and playing in this game, he's probably not going to be a huge factor against the Jags. So I move Beasley down significantly. I know that he's he's played through injuries before, and he usually doesn't play very well when he is banged up. So Beasley, I actually don't think you really want to play him. Um, Gabriel Davis obviously gets a massive bump if Beasley is inactive. Do you agree with that, with Davis? Well, I think the only thing I would add with Beasley is we've really seen him, and I, I spoke about this in the utilization report um, probably three or four weeks ago, is that really Dawson Knox was kind of the wet blanket, <laughs> you know, on some of these other options, which were Beasley and Gabriel Davis, and they were using more 12 personnel. There's a lot of different things going on, but since Dawson Knox has been out, has really been when we've seen Beasley go nuts. But I think, you know, you are correct as far as Beasley playing through injuries versus not he's always a risk i think um you know most players are a risk but i have seen with beasley that it is a little bit of a more of a problem right now it's still got him at wide receiver 29 but he's another player that i've got highlighted to really like once i have all the injury news from the day to go back and rework my ranks so my guess is he falls to the bottom probably of wide receiver three range um, i like the call on emmanuel sanders like everything has still been great for him andrew like the utilization everything has been there the routes um, he was getting um, nice end zone targets, seeing plenty of deep looks. Um, so they play totally, two totally different roles, but it's the Jaguars. So you get the second best wide receiver strength of schedule on the slate for Emmanuel Sanders and really Stefan Diggs for, for, all the Jag, for all the Buffalo receivers. Um, but I think Emmanuel Sanders probably gets a big one this weekend um, and has a shot at 100 yards and a touchdown. Henry Ruggs uh, obviously was released. This isn't really like technically an injury, but I just want to hit on it real quickly. Um, is there anyone that you think benefits the most? Again, Zay Jones will probably take over the snaps per se from Henry Ruggs. Uh, Redfro has a good matchup in the slot against the Giants slot funnel defense. Darren Waller is going to be playing. Brian Edwards will be out on the outside. Did you move up anyone significantly because Ruggs was out besides putting Zay Jones kind of just in the player pool kind of? Yeah, I didn't even put Zay Jones in because I've seen <laughs> Zay Jones for long enough. Now, Zay Jones, like, you know, they're saying he's replacing Ruggs at the X position. But if you look at, you know, or sorry, at the Z position, um, and the only thing that was Z about Ruggs was that he got to line up off the line. But his routes were more of an X 
type, mm. you know, route tree, right? He was running the deep overs, the posts, the skinny posts, the go routes, all that. Zay Jones is not going to do that. Zay Jones is not, you know, really a deep threat. So I think if anyone is going to step forward, it has to be Edwards. But I don't really trust it because Edwards is more of a jump ball, you know, contested catch kind of player, not a just beat you with flat out speed and get over the top. And what we've seen from Derek Carr and his evolution as a deep ball passer over the last two years is that's what he likes. He likes the receivers that can separate and be open. He can anticipate, get the ball out early, and he's been really accurate in those situations. So I don't see Edwards really being that guy. And uh, and we'll see. You know, I think I, I gave Edwards a very small bump, but I don't think anyone in the offense gets a huge bump here, Andrew. I think, you know, really Hunter Renfro plays a specific role. He's in the slot. He's working underneath. Um, you've got Darren Waller getting to work inside against the linebackers and safeties. He's going to continue to be you know, a complete target hog, you know, he's still a buy low. So if you folks, you know, if you've got a, a queasy Darren Waller owner, you got a great matchup this week for him. Um, he should get back on track, but I don't think there's anyone that directly replaces Henry Ruggs um, targets. I think they're going to need to look outside of the building to try to find someone that can stretch the field. Bring back John Brown. Uh, Devontae Parker yeah, uh, is out. He's been ruled out. He's had a setback. He's actually headed to IR, which it's, I mean, when he's been playing, he's, he's been really, he's been underrated, but unfortunately the injuries have plagued him once again. Uh, no Wolf Fuller either. So yeah, it's wheels up. Jalen Waddle, Mike Gusecki. I guess like how high are you on, on Jalen Waddle this week, uh, Dwayne? I know I had to move him up my rankings. I think that I have him right now at wide receiver 16. I feel pretty good about that. I want people to make sure that they're starting him. Um, what's Waddle's ceiling here? Well, I already had him at 22 um, before this news. So, I mean, I don't know that I'll move him up a bunch because, I mean, if if, if I have somebody in my top 24, they typically, you know, mm-hmm. if someone's reading my rankings, they're going to start them. Um, but I think 16 is fine and dandy. <laughs> I think it looks great. <laughs> like when you look at Jalen Waddle, I mean, it's just the utilization thing, man. Like they love him. Yeah, they were not, you know, people overreact too much to one week, right? Well, I hear all the, well, you know, they were just not on the same page last week. Yeah, but they were the week before. <laughs> and then they were the week before that. So with Jalen Waddle, all you care is that he's continuing to get the targets. He continues to get to work inside from the slot. Yeah, we'd like to see a few more deep shots with that speed. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're having these games where you're getting between 8 and 12 targets um, and you're a first-round talent at receiver, you're going to be fine. And so I love Jalen Waddle. Awesome. Kenny Galladay uh, is questionable. So <laughs> Giants wide receivers, of course, you know, we have a, a plethora of injuries. Like Darius Tony was actually taken off the injury report. So I, I like him a lot. I think that he's going to lead the team in targets. You know, that's what he's done. Whenever he's been healthy, he has the highest target rate per route run among receivers over the last four weeks. So Daniel Jones is always looking his way. Um, I would not start Galladay just because I don't know how healthy he's going to be, the risk of re-injury. And him and Daniel Jones have just not really been on the same page. So I think it's a wait and see kind of game with him. And the matchup's also not great. The Raiders have actually kind of been an underrated uh, pass coverage defense this year. So I think Tony is the only guy I would start. Uh, Ross is questionable. Pettis was placed on injured reserve. And, and Darius Slayton is just, yeah, he's healthy, but he's not very good. So, yeah, that's kind of my breakdown of the Giants. Uh, any other thoughts, Dwayne? No, man, I think you nailed it. Um, the good thing with Tony is it's not a lower body injury, right? Because, yes. man, like if you guys go back and watch him, like I've watched every snap 
like when his lower body is right, like running the routes they want him to do, like he's really hard to cover. Not a huge hands catcher anyway. So even though he's got this injury to his hand, like with a lot of the routes he runs, like they can just put it on him quickly. He can kind of body catch it and do his run after the catch thing. He's not like this huge, like, not that he can't do this, but a lot of the routes he, he runs, you know, he doesn't require like this full extension as long as the pass is accurate. So I really do like Tony. I think that's a good call. And I'm going to go uh, let my dog out real quick while you start this next team because she's barking. All right, yeah, keep going. All right, so Jarvis Landry was removed from the injury report up from a knee injury. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has been released. So, yeah, you're going to want to start Jarvis Landry all over the place. I actually like his line over on prizepicks.com. You know, you guys, you're getting an extra prop from the Prof Profit himself today. Uh, Jarvis Landry, 46 and a half receiving yards. You want to pound the over on that because it's it's just simply too low. You know, he has a 28% target share over the last two weeks since he's been healthy. No OBJ, uh, Peoples-Jones, like these other guys have just been not involved. So whether it's Peoples-Jones, whether it's Anthony Schwartz, Rashard Higgins, like you're not playing any of these players. I don't even really like any of them in DFS. You know, they're cheap, but the the Browns just kind of rotate this cast of characters. They're going to use their tight ends. Like, and honestly, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we see like a weird David and Joku like big game uh, because it. It just ha- <laughs> because it just happens randomly at times and there's no OBJ. So maybe it will be an Joku blow up spot. But it's Jar- it's Jarvis Landry here, and, and that's really it. Yeah, right, Landry, like man, like his targets. Like when you've had these games, you know, without Odell Beckham Jr. Like it's pretty insane. Like now you gotta remember that this is a run heavy, you know, offense. So it's not like a situation where you're like, oh, I'm talking about an offense that drops back and throws the ball like, you know, 80, you know, drop backs to pass 80% of the time. Like that's not what we're talking about. But like he's pretty much around 30% of the targets like every single week. And he has these huge weeks where he jumps up to like 40%. So even though it's a situation where it's not a huge A dot, all those sort of things, it's still, it's enough that it does make Landry you know, gets him in the wide receiver three conversation, but just here, here are his targets, Andrew, his target shares in 2020 and the 2020 postseason, and then week one this year in games where we haven't had Odell Beckham Jr. 42%, 29, 11, 41, 32, 18, 28, 20, 25, 31, 24. So he's pretty much a lock for like somewhere between 25 and 30% of the targets. He could give you one of these big weeks, you know, where he sees the 40%. And if he scores a touchdown, like, and has seven receptions, you know, he can give you a nice week. But the thing with Landry, I like it. He just gives you a good floor, right? You know, you're not really aiming for the huge ceiling game with Landry, but you know, he gives you a nice floor. You're probably looking at five catches for 50 yards, no matter what, that could turn into seven for a hundred and a touchdown. Like if everything goes really well. Moving to the Ravens wide receivers. So I know we've talked about hyping up Marquise Brown, and it looks like he could just be in a total smash spot, especially because some of the other Ravens receivers are a little bit banged up. So Sammy Watkins is questionable after coming off the bye week. So that's always kind of a concern. You always hope that a guy off a bye week is healthy, and Watkins has had some limited practices, so he has a chance to play, according to John Harbaugh. Uh, Rashad Bateman had a groin injury. This was a new injury. He did not practice Friday. Uh, John Harbaugh said there's nothing serious, and he has a good chance to play on Sunday. So maybe this is kind of like a Terry McLaurin thing where, you know, it was just a precautionary, like, oh, like, hey, let's just, you know, he doesn't practice. He's fine. Um, Game time decision, um, despite the Harbaugh optimism. You're not playing Sammy Watkins anyway. I think that in DFS, this is really an important call. So just pay attention to the injury report on Bateman because he's really cheap and he's a guy that you want to stack with uh, with Lamar Jackson. So I'm still going to probably look to play Bateman. Just pay attention to the news. Um, I guess those are probably shy me away from Bateman 
in season-long leagues. He was kind of on the back-end fringe anyway as like a wide receiver three. Um, Dwayne, do you feel any different about Bateman or Watkins? Well, the scary thing with Bateman is it is the growing, which is mm. what had already kept him out, right? So you don't want to see a re-injury to you know the issue that really plagued him early on in the season. So that does worry me a little bit. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it, here's the thing. We, I, what we need is a data point where we've got Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman both healthy and we see how they treat it, right? I fully expect, you know, Marquise Brown to see his, his routes and his snaps no matter what. I fully expect Mark Andrews to see his snaps and his routes no matter what. What I don't know is what they're going to do with Sammy Watkins and Bateman once they're both healthy. And we kind of need that data point. Yeah, so I think it's probably... You could probably wait and see a little bit, um, especially if they are both playing. Then you know maybe we really need one of them out. If they're maybe they, they may cannibalize each other a little bit, so probably an avoid in season That's long legs. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Rager is going to play. Uh, sorry, Quez Watkins, you're not going to be able to be started anywhere. Terrace Marshall Jr. is back. Calvin Ridley was placed on the NFI list, so try to get him on your IR spot. I know I have Ridley in one league, and I need to like talk to the commissioner and be like, hey, can I put him on my IR spot? Because like he's not playing. So really hoping that that works out and not looking forward to that conversation because the commissioner can be a little bit uptight in that particular league. Michael Thomas is out for the rest of the season. And Tyrell Williams- Do we need Williams... to bring this commissioner on the show, Andrew? <laughs> and Tyrell Williams was waived from an injury settlement. I know Dwayne thinks that that means Odell Beckham is going to the That's Detroit Lions. That's tongue but that would be funny. That would be funny. <laughs> Here's the problem for Beckham, right? Just real quick. All the teams that have access to him, you know, where he could actually get playing time, he's going to hate playing for. And then the teams where if he could get past that group of bad teams, he's probably in a situation where he's not going to get the playing time that he wants. So, like, when you look at that waiver order, it's really not good for Odell Beckham Jr. Like, I don't know if you see a spot on there that you're like, oh, that's the spot where I want him to land um, that's reasonable given the order that we're seeing. Like, when I look at it, I'm like, man, he is not going to be happy no matter what happens here. Well, I don't know where Odell Beckham is going to end up landing, but you can bet on it at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. So new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. If Sportsbooks isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsback app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200,000 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, NG, Indianapolis, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Dwayne. Tight ends to wrap us up here. Noah Fant is out with COVID. Albert O, or as I, I'm going to call his last name because it's Albert Okuwe Boonam, because I know that the man has not, had gotten no respect on his name all week long from the, the, the fantasy football touts because we're all just too lazy to learn his last name. That's it. Alberto is a lock in DFS at 2,600. He's going to see, uh, I mean, above a 50% snap share. That's what he's been playing under that. And he's already been productive. Yeah, he could get to field. 80% of the routes, yeah. which is the number you're looking for. And his targets per route run have actually already been really strong. So I think he has a really nice shot 
to basically just take over the Noah Fant role that we had seen for the few weeks before whenever you had had Alberto out. So, yes, I think that he is a let, – let's see. I mean, he was limited again, so we got to make sure, like, from an injury perspective. But he's been limited, limited, limited. Like, he's probably fine. Yeah, so – and also, if you need a tight end this week, you're, you're streaming tight end. Like, Alberto is a good option in season-long leagues as well. I have him well. in my top 12, so, yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's in a really good spot. Uh, George Kittle is expected to return. So he is playing this week. Uh, the matchup is brutal. Uh, Arizona Cardinals have been the best matchup against tight ends. Probably doesn't matter too, too much because it is is George Kittle. And if you have him, you probably have just been streaming tight ends anyway. So are you just putting Kittle back into your lineup, Dwayne? Or yep. if you've had a streamer? Just putting him in. All right. There's no streamer I'm starting over George Kittle. Like I cannot disagree with you there. You're not going to get as much upside. The only one I... The only tight end I really like the most probably streaming is Tyler Conklin. Um, I think that he's in a really good spot this week. But, he is, but even um, then, I'm using Kittle over him all day. Yeah, no, we'll not argue with that. You know, Kittle definitely has more upside than a Tyler Conklin. Uh, Dawson Knox is out, so Tommy, Tommy Sweeney is a deeper streamer. Again, he ran around on 76% of Josh Allen's dropbacks in Week 8, so it's really great usage from a tight end. I liked him a lot in DFS. He's at 3,100, so for some reason, we lose Albert O as an option. If he's ruled out, look for Tommy Sweeney. Tyler Conklin's also 3K, so he's another one of these punt tight ends that you can look for Ebron did not practice on Thursday, limit on Friday. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, I honestly doesn't think it really matters if Ebron plays or not. Again, it's probably ideal, but we saw the other tight end uh, Gentry also play a decent amount and but not Pat quite Fryermuth's, as much. Like their their yeah. utilization, we we do want Fryermuth, you know, to be without Ebron. In my opinion, mm-hmm. um, we did we did see Gentry play. To your point. But it was much more of an even split when we had Ebron. Last week, we saw Fryermuth get up, you know, towards 70% of the routes, which, like, that gets you into the streaming conversation. You don't want to be down around 50%. Yeah. So, Fryermuth, definitely want to add him, you know, stash him because he is getting targets, which is obviously a good indication. You know, when you get targets, you usually get to play more. So, if Ebron is ultimately ruled out, then I think that Fryermuth is in a good spot. But they do play on Monday night. So, again, Tyler Conklin is still probably my favorite streamer. So, I would, I would just probably just pick him up and start him if I need a tight end. Blake Jarwin is out, so I think Dalton Schultz remains a top 12 tight end. I know that he didn't have a great week last week, but he still had the targets. And, I mean, he has a connection with Dak. Like, that's when he's been the most productive. So, Cooper Rush under center, maybe just did, is that's why it didn't really work out for Dalton Schultz. And then Farrell Brown did not practice on Friday. So, Jordan Akins, maybe we'll get a couple targets. Who knows? It doesn't matter. You're not starting him. I played him in DFS last week. He got 10 points, and I was actually thrilled about it. So, Jordan Akins uh, continues to live on. I am a Jordan Akins truther. So, in those 16-team, two tight end leagues, Jordan Akins is your guy. Any other notes on tight ends, Dwayne? No, man. I think we're good. All right. Before we get into the favorite parts, offensive line and defense, whether it's football success or financial savvy, the right questions help set the stage for winning strategies. Western and Southern is teaming up with PFF's very own Chris Collinsworth to share insights that can help you put you ahead on both your fantasy and financial scoreboards. Want to hear about Chris's old playing days or behind the scenes with Allen Sunday Night Football? How about a need to know for your financial future? Now you can ask about either or both. And every football or financial question you ask earns you a chance to win a catered party for February's big game. Check out the Chris Collinsworth podcast and Western Southern's Instagram for answers to the best questions each week. Submit your questions at westernsouthern.com slash askchris. One more time, that is westernsouthern.com slash askchris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Remember, with Western and Southern, you can rest assured on game day. Now back to the podcast as we wrap up here. Offensive line, Garrett Bradbury. 
center for the Minnesota Vikings out with COVID. Bills right tackle Spencer Brown is out. And Tyron Smith for the Dallas Cowboys is also out at the tackle position. Not too many actionable items there. You know, it's really cluster injuries at offensive line that gets you concerned. You know, Tyron Smith has been, obviously it's ideal, but I think Dak Prescott is still going to be okay. So I would not be overly concerned about either of the offensive line issues at the defense. I mean, the Vikings defense is just is just banged up all over the place. Michael Pierce, Daniel Hunter, Patrick Peterson, out. Cameron Dantzler, Anthony Barr, questionable. So talked about these Ravens offense, and you just want to start the Ravens guys. Like, they're, they're all going to be putting up points. Love them in DFS. Lamar Jackson should be a cash game play without Taysom Hill. So you want to play as many Ravens as you really can. Uh, and then from the Chargers side, they have a couple cornerbacks that are hurt. Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. are both out. So makes Mac Jones a little bit more interesting. In a two-quarterback league, I think that you can see the Patriots. I, I also just like the Patriots in this game a little bit more. So, um, Actually, we know the Chargers. The Chargers are playing. Dwayne, who are the Chargers playing this week? They're playing the Eagles, right? Yes. Okay, sorry. Not Mac Jones. That's who they played last week. Uh, the Philadelphia, <laughs> the Philadelphia it's Friday, Eagles. Andrew. It's Friday, It's <laughs> Friday. So maybe it gets a little bit easier for Jalen Hurts. If you've been riding Hurts, I think that maybe he might have a little bit more of a productive day through the air. But and Hurts is fine, folks. Think, like, it's, it's funny like how many people have come to me, hey, do, do, I, do I drop Jalen Hurts for Taysom Hill <laughs> or do I start Taysom Hill for Jalen Hurts? Like, look, how many data points do we have with Jalen Hurts? We have eight. How many of them have been good? Seven. <laughs> So just just roll with it. Yeah, he has issues. Like he has his warts, but for fantasy purposes, like you just got to keep rolling with Jalen Hurts. All right, and that's gonna do it for the injury pod, Dwayne. We made it in less than an hour and twenty minutes. Ian will be proud. I know that he's gonna go back and listen to the entire thing and critique us, give us notes um, <laughs> after we wrap up here. But any final words, thoughts? Where are you working on for the site? Where can the people find you? Lay it on me. Yeah, I mean, you guys can find me at Dwayne McFarland, D-W-A-I-N-M-C-F-A-R-L-A-N-D on Twitter. Of course, you can find me over at Pro Football Focus. I will have updated rankings and tiers dropping tomorrow morning. I will be working on updating my rankings themselves. Um, you know, whether your guys are looking at, you know, half point, full point, you know, standard, whatever. Be working on those for the rest of this evening through early tomorrow morning, throughout the weekend, really. So if you guys want to check out based on any of the updates and the news that's coming out, and you can check out all the guys. You can get Andrew, you can get Ian, myself, you get Nate Yonke, Kevin Cole. We're all here for you. Awesome. Well, Dwayne, I think we've said it all. We've, we've broken down all these injuries. So I'm again, I'm on Twitter at AndrewRx underscore Ian. I hope that we made you proud. And everybody, great luck this week. And thank you all for tuning in.